This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello and welcome to The Stand with Amy Dunphy. Now, in the United States, as indeed everywhere else, the world is mourning the death of Queen Elizabeth II. And we're joined now from Washington by Niall Stanage. Niall is the associate editor of The Hill, a respected Washington newspaper, and White House columnist for The Hill. Now, just before we start to talk about the week in the United States... I was watching a bit of CNN last night and earlier this morning and the death of Queen Elizabeth has had a big effect on American people. Joe Biden, maybe it's being speculated, may even travel to London for her funeral. So how big an impact did her death have and how popular was she? It certainly has had an enormous impact here, Eamon, and it is an enormous story. Uh, In addition to President Biden, uh, I think every living former president has issued a statement about her death. Um, I mean, the story is all over uh, cable news here and getting a lot of of blanket coverage. And you mentioned about her popularity. I mean, firstly, uh, Americans, I would say generally, despite living in a republic, have quite a lot of reverence for the British royal family yes. um, in particular. And then the other thing is just simply um, Queen Elizabeth's longevity on yes. the throne marks her out as a remarkable figure. I, I know in Britain they understandably focus on how many prime ministers she worked with. Yes. And she met uh, every American president, with the exception of Lyndon Johnson, since Harry Truman. Yes. which is an, an extraordinary uh, record or an extraordinary measure yes. um, of longevity, I would say. Yes, okay. Now, now, in the United States this week, the Donald Trump factor has been very much two to four. A federal grand jury has issued a subpoena seeking information about something called Save America. It's a PAC, that's a Political Action Committee, which was formed as Donald Trump promoted his baseless assertions about election fraud. And that Save America, which was the slogan, managed to separate $250 million from people to fight 
what they call the steal, the stealing of the election. Mm. And there now appears to be a federal grand jury set up to examine this. Mm. First of all, can you explain to us what PACs, PACs, are super PACs? Because they're created for politicians to raise money, particularly during election races. Mm. They are, and they are often used, frankly, as a vehicle to uh, circumvent the laws that, for example, put uh, maximum donations on uh, donating directly to a political campaign. Yes. So um, Eamon Dunphy for Congress has a limited amount that it can get from each person. But uh, Eamon Dunphy PAC, if such a thing were to exist, can elicit all sorts of uh, so-called dark donations from people who don't have to necessarily declare exactly what they're giving or where it's going to. And that's the kind of broad differentiation. Now, the question in Mr. Trump's case is, well, there are several questions, but one is whether this money was solicited essentially under false pretenses. And uh, when uh, the January the 6th committee held its first and main series of hearings uh, earlier this year, um, it looked into this in one respect, and it was talking about the fact that there were in fundraising solicitations for this political action committee requests to donate to the election defense fund Yes. which was this idea that it was a fund created to fight the legal battles that would overturn the result of the election and bring Mr. Trump back into the White House, or keep him in the White House, I should say. Um, what the January 6th committee found is that no such fund ever really existed. That was a marketing technique to maximize donations, but there was no uh, bifurcated or differentiated fund separating out money for legal expenses versus money for the general and very general in some cases political usage of those funds by Mr. Trump and his allies. And $250 million was raised. Mm. I mean, mm. that's mind-boggling. It is. It's an extraordinary sum of money. Now, I know there is some quibbling about whether all of that came from this particular pack or whether that was the overall Trump fundraising total in the months after the election. But certainly there were vast sums of money being raised. Uh, I mean, they were being raised throughout, but particularly in the period between the election and uh, President Biden's inauguration. I mean, th there were huge sums of money coming in every day for this pack uh, and uh, many, many emails being sent by the Trump um, committee, the, the Trump organization, trying to get people to, uh, to donate to it. Yeah, I suppose we must remember there are 320 million Americans. Another mm. development this week is that Steve Bannon has turned himself in, having resisted prosecution for another fundraising scam he set up a fundraising committee to build a wall that was mm -hmm. never built. And it is alleged that money that was raised for building the wall was actually taken by Bannon. Yes, or his friends, or it, yes. was, otherwise, it was otherwise misused. The idea, um, as it was at least billed, uh, was that um, the then uh, Trump administration was 
basically having difficulty in securing the funds through Congress to build the wall, and therefore you could get around that theoretically by uh, soliciting private donations and using that money to to build yes. it. The difficulty, at least according to your previous federal case, was that that money that came in, around $25 million in total, was not being properly accounted for, was sort of being shifted around between Bannon and other people involved in this enterprise, and in some cases, uh, allegedly being used for personal expenses. Now, um, there was a federal, the reason we know some of this stuff is that there was a federal case against Bannon for which uh, the former president pardoned him in the very waning hours of the Trump presidency. Uh, Now what we're looking at, basically, is authorities in New York re-prosecuting that case, taking it from the federal level to a more state or local level, uh, where obviously with Trump out of power, the the pardoning power um, no longer resides at Mar-a-Lago. Yes. Now, the big development in the Mar-a-Lago files and papers that Trump had taken from the White House and kept improperly, the big development this week is he went to a judge, his legal advisors went to a judge, and they asked for a special master Mm. to be appointed. They did this last week. The judge said in her summing up that she would reserve judgment for a week, but she was inclined to grant the request for a special master. Can you explain that this week she did grant the request? She is a judge that was appointed by Donald Trump, one should say, as were hundreds of others. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. The judge's name in this uh, case is a woman by the name of Aileen Cannon, who is indeed a Trump appointee. This special master issue is one in which the Trump team uh, filed a legal suit wanting to basically stop or pause the government and investigators from um, further examination of the documents that they had seized from Mar-a-Lago on the raid on August the 8th. In that raid, um, the FBI had acquired around 33 boxes of information, which in amongst it, there were at least 100 documents that bore markings of classification. The Trump team argued that there needed to be the appointment of a special master. And what that person does, if appointed, is look at documents that have been seized in any um, search of private property and tries to uh, filter out those that the, the, the person under investigation has a legitimate interest in withholding, say, for example, because they're uh, personal, they contain personal information yes. that clearly has no investigative value. Uh, and then the special master filters that out and other documents are permitted to go to the investigators. In Trump's case, unsurprisingly, this is massively controversial. Firstly, because Judge Cannon was indeed appointed by him. But secondly, because the government is making, to my mind, the fairly plausible argument that when documents are marked as classified, they are on their face then, 
the property of the United States government. Yes. They're not, they can't be plausibly claimed to be personal property. We'll have to see whether that argument ultimately prevails. It certainly did not prevail a few days ago when the judge announced her uh, intention or her, her decision to have a special master appointed. That is a decision I'm speaking to you on Friday morning in uh, Washington. On Thursday, the Department of Justice, or the government rather, announced its intention to appeal that decision. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Now, delay is a well-known Trump tactic in all kinds of legal matters. Mm -hmm. For example, the family and the allegations of family fraud in New York, delay, delay, delay. In this instance, Niall, delay with the midterms due next month, rather in November, early November, the first week of November, if I'm not mistaken. Delay is a good thing, is it not? Because there is a possibility that they, the Senate and the House of Representatives will belong to the Republicans. And I'm sure, well, I'm not sure, but I'm asking you, <laughs> will that have consequences for this man's capacity to avoid answering for any of the dubious things he has done? Um, it could certainly affect his requirement to answer any congressional uh, investigation, including, of course, the January the 6th committee itself. Yes. If Republicans take the House of Representatives, which they're still favoured to do, even though the gap between the parties has narrowed, um, <clears throat> that would almost certainly uh, bring an instant end to any of the congressional investigations and would, in fact, um, ignite 
um, murder investigations of the Biden administration yes. for all sorts of alleged uh, wrongdoing, likely tying the current president up in all sorts of knots yes. for the final two years of his of his first term. Um, to your question about delay, I would add that it's not only about the congressional elections, it's also about the fact that Mr. Trump himself seems to be moving closer and closer to declaring yes. his candidacy for 2024. That while it technically does not have any, um, it doesn't confer immunity in a legal sense, it does, of course, make any potential prosecution of Mr. Trump much more complicated because uh, prosecutors, the Department of Justice or the FBI or whomever, would inevitably face uh, accusations that they were trying to hobble a presidential candidate, as Mr. Trump would be in that scenario. Yes, and on its face, Niall, he is guilty of obstruction of justice, the documents he took away from the White House, because when he was asked at first, he gave up a lot of documents, mm. and he said, that's it, we've nothing left, it's over. And that turned out to be a lie, and then he offered more documents, and that he said, that's it. And that turned out to be a lie. Mm. So he, he clearly has obstructed justice in the sense that he has lied to the people charged with upholding the law and ensuring that documents that belong to the government and the people mm. are not withheld by a rogue politician. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. In common sense terms or layperson's terms, I think you've put it very well. I mean, there were affirmations made by the Trump side which were clearly untrue. And those affirmations came in response to uh, the beginning stages of a criminal investigation. The whole core reason why a judge issued a search warrant for Mar-a-Lago was because the government was able to convincingly make the case that attempts to otherwise secure these documents had been unsuccessful and had not just been unsuccessful, but had been uh, consciously frustrated by the Trump side and by its false assertions. Now, I suppose the uh, asterisk that we have to add to that is whether you can prove in a court of law that it was Trump himself who gave those instructions. Yes. Of course, from a common sense perspective, it seems inconceivable that lawyer, a lawyer or lawyers for a former president would just do a solo run in this stuff. But in a criminal case, you would have to uh, bring that before a jury. Um, if a jury was broadly representative of the population, its 12 members would have at least a handful of Trump supporters among yes. them. Um, and you would be bringing that case potentially while Mr. Trump is seeking to return to the White House, um, which in uh, real politic terms is uh, a fairly tricky um, scenario to confront. Yes. Now, Joe Biden, in two speeches, he's made one of which I want to ask you about, actually, the one <laughs> that he accused the Republicans about being semi-fascist mm. and when he talked about the dangers to American democracy, some of the critics said that the lighting and the setting mm. in which he spoke had echoes of fascist 
sort of imagery mm. and there was a trooper on either side and it all I just saw an account of this I didn't actually see the setting did it mm. strike you as a bit dodgy I mean this the setting of it I would say was ominous looking in that there was a there was curious lighting behind yes. Biden where there was this sort of rather rather lurid red backdrop and then the the issue about the utilization of American um, members of the American military I believe US Marines uh, in the backdrop was considered a sort of by some a kind of utilization of the um, apparatus of the state to make a political point now you can argue that one way or another honestly I mean I would say that it is not unusual certainly for presidents to make arguably political speeches against a military backdrop I mean most famously uh, George W Bush and the famous mission accomplished yes, banner on, on board the boat, an, yes yeah on board an aircraft carrier now you know I, I guess you could argue whether it was that political or was that a you know a simple uh, and and it turned out to be wrong but a simple declaration of yes. military success i i don't know but certainly the setting of that biden speech that you're referring to did draw a, a fair amount of comment for sure yes and the other interesting development in republican circles is ron DeSantis, the governor of florida who's a tough cookie and a right-wing cookie and a former, I take it at this stage, friend of Donald, but he's threatening. Is he to challenge or is, well, he, is he keeping his counsel at the moment? Well, he's keeping his counsel officially. I would say. <laughs> and he, he's also running in his own governor's race down in Florida. He's running for re-election, uh, which he should win um, by a moderately comfortable margin. But I would say the point about DeSantis uh, is that he offers to Republicans a kind of Trump with more strategic cunning and less baggage. Yes. I mean, w one of the problems with Trump in office for those people who might have agreed with him was that he shot himself in the foot a number of times just by a sort of general uh, buffoonery on occasions yes. or a capacity to self-destruct. Ron DeSantis doesn't have that uh, problem, at least based on his record in Florida. He wouldn't be but, urging people to drink bleach or inject uh, bleach if they had I, I, COVID. Um, I, I I don't think he would be, and I'm not sure that he would fire his own FBI director and then draw the forces of uh, investigation <laughs> down on his head in that right. in that fashion. So he's, I would say, a more politically shrewd character than Trump in some ways, yes. but he does speak to many of the same populist impulses. I mean, I know we're, we're joking about the injecting bleach thing, but I mean, DeSantis was very opposed to uh, yes, lockdowns and things like that. Oh, yes. Of, you know. and, and, and an awful lot of people, and there are an awful lot of elderly people who've retired to Florida, died mm. because of that. Mm. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm, I, I take it that wouldn't count against him. Well, it, uh, I mean, I, I mean, the, the the question itself is indicative of where we are, isn't it? The it fact is, of yeah. the matter is, it wouldn't actually count against him in a Republican primary, at least. And there, it 
has an appeal to a kind of uh, uh, libertarian view here that holds that the government was too um, uh, imposed too onerous a burden on its citizens during the COVID uh, pandemic. A rather uh, dubious view, in my opinion, but yeah, one that holds yeah. considerable sway among Republican voters. Now, you mentioned the Democratic fortunes mm. somewhat on the rise, and we've mm. talked before about this Supreme Court reversal of the Roe v. Wade Act of 1973 mm. and the serious consequences for women, pregnant women, of that reversal. That appears to have alerted women to dangers and there's no doubt there are dangers and they're serious. And there was this election you referred us to last week in Kansas, a very conservative state, where the pro-choice people had an exceptional result. Is that the main basis for the improvement in Biden's fortunes and the Democrats' hopes vis-a-vis the midterms? I think it's the chief driver of that improvement, yes. If you look at opinion polls, you can see literally from the day in late June that that decision was announced, Democrats begin to close the gap on Republicans. And I think part of that is uh, female voters uh, for whom... The idea of an abortion ban is is suddenly much more real, and indeed a number of states have already enacted extremely restrictive uh, rules yes. regarding abortion. But it also has helped uh, Biden and the Democrats make their bigger argument that the Republican Party has been sort of captured by extremism and is acting to advance uh, that extremism. Yes. Now, there have been other factors that have taken place at around the same time that have also helped democratic fortunes, I would say. One is um, what you would call petrol prices and what we call gas prices here have ticked down a bit, and that obviously has an effect. And the other thing is that Biden has had some um, legislative and other um, successes in terms of passing a big uh, piece of legislation that should, among other things, curb the price of prescription drugs. He's expanded um, health care for military veterans who were terribly affected by exposure to uh, toxic burn pits and and chemicals during their service. And of course, just very recently, he's announced executive action on uh, student loan debt, which is a massive issue here because of the uh, enormous uh, cost of third-level education. But all of those things being said, to my mind, it is clearly uh, abortion that has had the most seismic impact on the midterm campaigns. Just a final question, Niall, and it's about a successor to Joe Biden, if there needed to be, for a presidential race in 2024. Mm -hmm. From where I'm sitting, it's hard to see Mm. a credible candidate on the Democratic side to take on Donald Trump or indeed the governor of Florida, DeSantis. Would that be your reading of it, or is there something more to it than that? Uh, That would be basically my reading. I don't see that there is any great 
star in waiting on the Democratic side. I mean, if if Mr. Biden were to opt out of a second term, or um, you know, obviously we we don't want to wish ill on anyone. No, of course not. If he were to be unable to contest a second term, the obvious next bet would be Vice President Kamala Harris, but she has rather low approval ratings, lower than Biden's in some polls, and isn't really perceived to have done brilliantly. And once you look beyond that, there are other Democrats that are positioning themselves, I think, for exactly the eventuality that you're talking about. Um, Governor Gavin Newsom of California being perhaps the most obvious example. But uh, I I have trouble uh, seeing Newsom setting the political world on fire. I mean, he's, he's basically a, a rich guy from an extremely liberal state, and I'm not sure that that <laughs> has a whole lot of appeal in the critical states that tend to decide presidential elections. Is there any chance? I heard a conversation recently that I wasn't supposed to be listening to. Always <laughs> <laughs> the best conversation. Indeed. And the, they were talking about the prospect of a Hillary Clinton return. Mm. And this was on the back of some publicity that she attracted favorable for once recently. Is there a possibility that Hillary Clinton may emerge and find redemption in a race in an, in a second go at the Donald at the Donald? Um, there isn't and I should maybe point out to our audience that we haven't uh, prepared this question but you've inadvertently I'm really given sorry me, no 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 but you've but on to the contrary you've actually given me an opening to to tell you some news which is that a couple of days ago in an interview with CBS she specifically said she was asked this question and she specifically ruled out ever running for president again which to my knowledge is the first time she has so emphatically or unequivocally done so I and, and to anyone with knowledge of the Clintons, it's a certainty that she's going to run. <laughs> I, I'll have to look back at the comments and see if there's any lawyerly wiggle room left, but it didn't appear so from what you said. Okay, Niall. Um, as always, we're extremely grateful to you, and thank you for joining us from Washington. Niall Stanich is the associate editor of The Hill and White House columnist, and we're very grateful to Niall, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.